When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Bengal Tiger Podcast. I'm Matthew Bruni. Joining me on this Sunday morning is Shay Dixon. Shay, how are you? You got your 41 uh, takeaways up on the site late last night, early this morning. You posted them. Oh, how you feeling? Well, for those that don't know, I've committed all season. Actually, there were games that I uh, I sat out. I'll be real, uh, where I will match however many points score. I'll give that many thoughts on the game. It was very easy when they were scoring 17 and 20 a game. Yes. When you start scoring 40-something is when it becomes an issue for me. One of my uh, 41 points was that someone got engaged on the field last night. Really digging. That's where we were at. Really digging last night. Um, Yeah, I I don't fully know how you get 41 takeaways from this game. Um. Because LSU took care of business. LSU flat out um, did what they were supposed to do, did what we were hoping they would do. Um, But also, you know, we went into this game with a healthy amount of skepticism because UAB is a a team that we both believed and Brian Kelly believed, and I think a lot of people believe if you've watched UAB, is better than their 5-5 and record and has had some good results this year, including a a game that they could have won against Liberty. Uh, They just came off of a... Really impressive win over my North Texas being green. And LSU, I think when looking at this game, you got to start on the offensive side of the ball. Offensively, LSU just rolled, absolutely rolled. It was from start to finish um, a game where they had no trouble moving the ball. Brian Kelly's after the game, it was maybe Jaden Daniels' best game. And I'm okay with him saying that because – UAB is an actual team that could have given them problems if they were not ready. And I, I, I said in the uh, in my instant takeaways story, uh, this isn't UMass. You know, this wasn't this isn't one of the worst teams in the country. This is a UAB team that's probably around the seventy to eighty range. So, um, yeah, when you start the game, I think you have to look at offense. Starting the game, four out of the first five drives were touchdowns. And the only one that wasn't was a John Emery fumble inside the 10. So they basically moved the ball at will when they weren't turning it over. Yeah, I mean, that was just coming out was really impressive. Obviously, we said, look, we talked about on the on the podcast this week, the preview pod. I asked you, I said, do you think this game will be decided by halftime convincingly double digits? Um, And you paused because we have not seen LSU's offense consistently come out of the gates and put up points, put up points, put up points. It's happened in games and it's been very crucial for him, but that was big. I mean, toss in, it was 40 degrees. It's an 8 PM kickoff. It's raining. You're without your starting center, Charles Turner, your starting running back, Josh Williams, your backup running back, Armani Goodwin's now out for the year. Uh, Kayshawn had the flu and didn't play. So 
you've got all these a 15 point spread. You've got all these little things set up where you're like, okay, not as much as Arkansas, but kind of a trap game. Like they've got to be able to buckle in here. And as you noted, beyond the John Emery fumble, they come out and just score on every play. I mean, it could have been 28 to 10 out of the gates. So really impressive. Um, and I'll flip it quickly. The defense gives up what a field goal and a touchdown in the first two drives. The touchdown comes after special teams allows a massive return. Yeah. They get 30 yards, you know, what from the goal line and they only need a couple plays and score the next nine possessions, which were the final nine possessions after those first two scores for UAB were punts and turnover on downs every single time. And I asked Brian Kelly after the game about what makes Matt house elite and there's a million things that makes coaches great, right? And they go into it. It's off-season stuff. It's um, your scheme. It's how you substitute guys. It's all of this. But he didn't hesitate, did he, when he said it's in-game that makes Matt House yeah. so good. It's what he does drive to drive and then what he does at halftime. And I feel like those are two things that even a casual fan could watch LSU this year and say, man, they're really good on defense at adjusting in the game. And they always come out after halftime really dialed in. Like, I can't think of a second half for LSU's defense where they just got worked. And that's impressive to me. I think that obviously when we look back on this season, Matty B, next week you'll be in College Station. A chance for them to get to double-digit wins in the regular season. Yeah. Like the offense was great on Saturday night, but the defense has been consistently really, really good. Elite. Yeah. For those watching, on hey, YouTube, oh, whoa, this is why you got to watch on YouTube. Matty B has <laughs> understood some sort of function that allows him to bring up graphics while we talk. Shay okay, is so blown yeah, there, there you see it on the left. That's, the, the, that's defense, the UAB drive chart. Yeah, the UAB drive chart here. Um, again, after these first two scores, three and out, you know, one first down allowed, three and out, three and out, three and out, the one long drive. Uh, I, I don't know how you snap it. UAB snapped it 14 times and went at 50 yards and turned it over. Down. Yeah. Yeah. They, um, yeah. That's when they were desperate late in the game. Um, and then, yeah. God, look at then, all those three and outs. Six three and outs in 11 drives. I mean, it's, yeah, it was a really, really impressive performance from the defense. And I, I think you, you hit on it. Um, but yeah, after the game, I, I thought he Brian Kelly gave a good anecdote about Madhouse coming in right at halftime. Brian Kelly's going, you know, what's happening with this with their tight end? We can't guard their tight end. And Madhouse just gets to the whiteboard and just draws it up exactly what's happening. And obviously it's something you expect the coach to do, but it felt like Brian Kelly hadn't really seen that before. Brian Kelly hadn't I mean, and he's had a bunch of great defense coordinators. Like Brian Kelly's ability to find defense coordinators has been one of the strengths of his career. But it felt like Matt House and the control he has and the vision he has is something that's unique to to a degree. And uh, we talked to Greg Penn after the game. You could tell Greg Penn has not had a linebackers coach like this. Like Greg Penn was just talking about how hands-on he is and how in control he is of the defense. And it's kind of like everything LSU does defensively, it's a reflection of how good Matt House is at his job. And – so, yeah, I statistically, I think this defense, you know, doesn't stack up with, you know, as a top five defense. If you look at, you know, some stats or advanced stats, whatever, I'm just going to tell you right now, it's one of the 10 best defenses in the country. Like we've watched a lot of college football. 
Um, I'm not going to give you who the top 10 are, but we've seen a lot of college football. They're top 10 defense from top to bottom. Consistency, top end talent, everything. And, um, yeah, they've they've done it once again. So shout out to LSU's defense because um, there wasn't like one standout tackler, I don't think, going at it. There wasn't one standout person. Or maybe I'm forgetting somebody. No, I think Greg Penn and uh, Harold Perkins led the way again, which is no surprise for two linebackers to lead the team in tackles. Yeah, Penn, per- Perkins, Fouché, Ojalai Ward. Yeah, there was there wasn't anybody that I was like, dang. Ba- Baskerville would play, but it wasn't like he had to do anything spectacular. I think he had a few tackles. Yeah. So I mean, again, that's credit to the defensive coordinator because yeah. it doesn't and- it doesn't feel like you're like, oh, this if Harold Perkins doesn't have eight tackles and five sacks we're gonna lose this game no sure and the box that you showed when you have two successful drives to start the game and the rest are punts and turnovers on downs largely three and outs you don't really stack up on the stat sheet the guys just don't have a lot of chances I mean they're only out there three plays at a time and punting so really nice effort there and and to flip it back real quick to offense and then we can start Mm -hmm. talking about whatever ever, ever else you want to talk about, 565 yards. You mentioned it being one of Jaden Daniels and the offenses maybe better, more rounded performances. Jaden, we'll talk about him individually in a second, but the offense, 299 passing, 266 rushing. But I loved this, 11 of 13 on third downs. That's wildly efficient. So yep. really, really nice overall a really nice effort by the offense and the defense. I don't think special teams gets to belong in that category, but very nice effort by those two. Yeah. I um like I said, like I said before the game, I I was not expecting this team to be up three scores going into halftime. I said if if that was the case, they would have had to have played at an incredibly high level because this UAB team was not gonna roll over, which we saw they didn't roll over on the first two drives. I thought UAB was, was showed enough life to be like, okay, this is going to be a competitive game. And then um, I think it was 14 to 10. And that's when John Emery fumbled. And I'm like, okay, you know, this is still an uncomfortable position here, but they, I I want to make sure. Cause it was like in the comment section is I earned the, um, the, the game thread. I don't, I don't know if the line's out for the A&M game, but UAB was a 15-point dog going into this game. I don't know what AM is going to be. It's probably going to be, like, I, top of my head, I would assume, like, 11, 12, something like that. Um, Like, this UAB team is not much worse than than some of the SEC West teams right now. So, or, I mean, SEC in general. So, um, huge kudos. I don't think this is something that we need to just, like, brush over and be like, okay, they beat UAB 41-10. Again, this is not New Mexico. This is not Southern. This is an actual performance that I'm going to look back on at the end of the year and be like, oh, yeah, they dominated UAB. Like, that's that's a substantial, substantial result to me. So, um, yeah, I don't know uh, if we where, uh, where we need to go actually from here or how much longer we need to even go on this uh, podcast because it was kind of just a domination game. Um, do you have anything else? Well, let's look at this. What did you think? Jaden Daniels gets held to under 100 last week. He goes okay. 76 passer, 29 attempts, so nearly 30 attempts. 76 completion percentage is great. Uh, 300 yards, 297 passing, and a touchdown. But on the ground, again, 111 yards, a touchdown, almost 10 yards a carry. 
I put it in the 41 points, 41 takeaways, uh, which you can read on the site that, uh, and a hat tip to LSU's Todd Polite's the stat man. I actually just took this from, from his post game stats. So it's not like I had to do a ton of digging. Um, there are only two quarterbacks in college football with at least 2000 passing yards and 700 rushing yards. Jaden Daniels is one John Reese Plumley at central Florida. They played really well this year as another, uh, they lost yesterday though. And he ranks top three in rushing touchdowns by quarterbacks. Were you in the camp before the season that you firmly believed Jaden Daniels would lead LSU in rushing? No. Um, no. There were some I, that did people, some that did. So yeah, are no, you, I sure. guess what I'm getting at is, are you impressed by not just the growth Daniels has had, but truly, I mean, he, he's the definition of a dual threat quarterback. If that, if like you want to say, what is a dual threat quarterback in college now, him and John Reese Plumley are the definition of it. They throw for a couple thousand and run for a thousand. Yeah. He's, they ran him a lot last night too. That was, a, that was something that surprised me is they, they let him keep a lot of those uh, read options, which obviously worked, which I think was the game plan going in because the UAB crashed pretty hard on those runs. But He's man, the escapability, and I know that's used a lot when talking about mobile quarterbacks. But that play where he stepped up in the pocket, um, and dodged like a little slide move to get away from um, an edge rusher, and then just ran for twenty five yards, juking juking people, and the burst he has. It's it's a special type of speed, and we knew coming into the year he was fast, but. Every game, you kind of see it in a different way. And so, yeah, Jaden Daniels is um, clicking right now. I, I think I really think last week that Arkansas game was an outlier. You heard Brian Kelly after the game talk about it. He was just like, you know, you got to give credit to Arkansas, but at the same time, we need to be better. I think Arkansas just had a good game plan. It was early start, cold game, all the things going into it, just a bad week. This is what this LSU offense has looked like basically since the Tennessee game, and this is what I continue to expect it to look like um, next week against A&M. So obviously Georgia's a different animal. We'll see. But, man, Daniel, from a passing perspective, he was on time. He was confident. He was on target. Found Malik seven times for 129 yards. Found Brian Thomas four times for 21 yards and a touchdown. Saw Jack Jack Besh. Get in the mix a little bit, three for 61. And uh, my breakout candidate was Mason Taylor to get – I thought he was going to get four for like 50. He ends up with three for 39. So, um, yeah, pass game was back. Get Kayshawn back healthy and uh, feel good about this team. Feel good about – really, really good about this offense especially. I mean, I mean, we already talked about the defense. I raved about, raved about them enough. But, yeah, Jaden Daniels is – he is he is special. He's very, very good. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. You're muted. So we've got some, so we've got some, I guess, increased. I don't know if it increases my confidence in Daniels. I just wanted to see him bounce right back and play like he had been playing. He looks to be there. With they when they get Josh Williams and those guys back, like let me ask you this. Armani Goodwin ruled out for the season. Is that a big how big of a deal is that? Or what needs to happen for that not to be a big deal? Josh Williams has to be back. Um I, I think And it seems he will. What did Kelly say that he was banged up and they just it seems like some of those guys, boy, Arkansas was a physical game. Yeah. Um and some guys just rested. So yeah. all right, go on, Josh. So the starting running back has to maybe carry more weight. Yeah, and it's um it's funny because LSU seemingly always has good backs and obviously these three you know between Emory Goodwin and Kane now that you know Goodwin's out um Emory Emory um Williams and Kane sorry it's a it's a fine backfield but I think their offensive system is just good enough to where they don't need a Leonard Fournette back there obviously so yeah, you, you get those three going. I think Kane might surpass uh, Emery at this point with Emery fumbling the ball. What is that, three times in two games? Uh, you kind of need someone to, to hold on to the ball, so I wouldn't be surprised if Kane takes some of those carries and then uh, we just see Josh Williams from start to finish, full-time RB1 Josh Williams. So that's what I think is probably going to happen moving forward on uh, these last, you know, what, three games. So – uh Kane showed some flashes there. I think Kane's always been kind of a goal line guy. I've I've been fine with him there. Um, we'll see if if he continues to get you know eight plus carries in a game behind Josh Williams. I think that'd be an interesting dynamic. Okay, I'm proud of you. I mean, look, I think no, hey, Noah Kane, I think maybe had some doubters, and and look, they haven't leaned on him incredibly hard in any major spots, but he seems to be a goal line guy that they love. He's stacked up the rushing touchdowns this year, and he showed some good bursts last night. And we'll see if they keep Derek Davis on that side of the ball. <laughs> I, I think a, uh, you laugh, hey man, 1500 yards rushing in high school, but he's a safety, a sophomore safety who got some run at the end of the game. Um, here's a concern, a, a real concern for me John Emery's ball security is an issue. Yeah. It just is. And what stings about it is the talents there. We've seen it on catching the football this year, the wheel routes coming up with big yep. plays. We've seen him bust Bama, big runs Auburn. this year. Yep. It's just that I don't know if you get this sense as well. Um, and this is a guy who hasn't played football for a year and a half, really. I mean, what, 15, 16 games, 15 games he sat out, and, and sure, that could play an issue. But even before then, ball security was kind of a thing they talked about. We saw during camp, LSU um, had put out practice video and stuff, and Den Brock was having long talks with Emory about, hey, man, you got a ball security, but we're not going to stop going to you. Yeah. Do you think they have to stop going to John Emory, or do you think you double, you just keep going and try to preach ball security? Because, look, 
Frank Wilson, his coach, running backs coach, has been around a long time. I went to the coaches convention this, um, what, in the spring, I guess it was. And I listened. Frank was one of the coaches who spoke. And he probably talked for an hour. And I swear 45 minutes about, of it was teaching ball security to high school coaches. So, like, his guys, his room don't have a record of ball security issues. They're actually pretty good at it. It just seems for what is it is running style. It's how he carries the football, whatever. It's even at Arkansas a week ago, it was two fumbles. One got his knee got called down, but yeah, this is seemingly to be for a guy who doesn't get 20 carries a game. You worry about fumbles a good bit. And I think, look, that can lose you a game if they get into a tight game and that happens. Yeah. I mean, it's already made a game uncomfortable in Arkansas. And I think it made, the first half kind of a little bit more uncomfortable than it needed to be against UAB. So if Josh Williams is back, I expect him to get the lion's shares of not only the carries, but the snaps. Maybe he's not as dynamic of a receiver as John Emery is, but I think you live with that. You just, you got to roll Josh Williams at this point. And um, he's just a lot more solid than the other backs that they have at the, um, right now so yeah you go with jo- uh, Josh Williams and I-, I don't know how much you play John Emery at this point honestly like it ideally I think you would just have him as a receiving back but we know that's not how it, it operates that's not how it works you can't just keep him in here for passing plays Um, so I would just keep Josh Williams out there and rotate Noah Kane in for the most part and then John Emery if I don't know. I don't know when. I don't know what situation I would feel comfortable with John Emery being in the game again, unless if it's a receiving play, a play where they need his hands, need his, you know, ability out of the backfield because he scored the touchdown against Alabama. There's no denying that he had the touchdown against Auburn. He, there's no denying that he has talent and that he can make plays that maybe some other most other running backs on this team can't. But um, yeah, the turnovers are just too concerning. Far too concerning. Because this is an offense that doesn't turn the ball over. This is an offense that has played incredibly clean the entire year. You have, what, two fumbles and two picks on the year to, to top uh, off the top of my head? Like, I, they can't afford turnovers. They're not that type of offense. They got to be crisp. They have to be on time. So, um, yeah, I would stick with Josh Williams and kind of go from there, which, which sucks because watching John Emery leave the field last night after the second fumble, you can tell how frustrated he was. He was slamming his helmet on the ground. Like, it was clear to him how much it means to him. And it's, you know, he doesn't want to fumble. He doesn't want to be out there fumbling the ball. But it just, it it happens. So, we'll see. I think he, what, probably comes back next year, would you say? I know we're getting ahead of ourselves at this point. But he didn't participate in the senior day. Yeah, I would have to think he's going to come back next year, yes. That would be my guess. Yeah, that would be my guess, too. So, we'll see. But, yeah. Um, any other players you thinking about? Um, you mentioned Bash. I mean, Bash basically nearly. I think he came into the game with 80 yards on the year, and he had 60 something in this game. So um, good to see him involved. Good to see Brian Thomas back after having a concussion. He ended yeah. up getting a touchdown on a nice grab. Um, they wanted to get senior Dre Jenkins a touchdown. Um, they tried right out of the gates, but it was a good pass breakup. Uh, I will say too, we just talked about the defense being great. Um, Dwayne McBride, who's UAB's running back, Matt talked about him a ton this week on the podcast and the different write ups. Uh, entered the game. What did we look at it? We looked at it during the game. He led the nation in 156 yards per game. 
Yeah, in average yards per game. And he might have been number two in yards per carry or one. Yeah. It was right there. So we're talking about in the FBS level, one of the top two running backs production-wise this season. Uh, he finishes with 13 for 34 and one. He did pop off that. No, I think that was Brown who had the kick return, not McBride. Yeah, Brown. Brown who had the kick. Um, and he catches one pass for six yards. It's about as good as you're going to get. Um, I don't know why UAB came out passing either a good bit and not even yeah. trying to lean on their run game, which I was a little surprised by. But that was a talking point up for us all week. We were like, hey, if this game ends up being close into the second half or fourth quarter, it's because UAB was able to get something going with their ground game, which is very, very good. Nothing at all. I mean, yeah. thir- 34 yards on 13 carries, that's 2.6 yards a carry. That ain't going to get the job done. A talented back, but there you go again. LSU's defense rises to the occasion, and Madhouse had a plan for it. Yep, um, and I fully expect, you know, next week to look similar. Um, you know, we've seen A&M from start to finish this year uh, underwhelmed, so – I'm interested. They they had a lot of guys out. I mean, look, they've had a lot of guys out a bunch of these games. I won't be surprised if this week is the week where a lot of guys are back. It's the last game of the season. It's senior night. It's all these different things. I, it, this game's always tough after Thanksgiving. I do think that this is just a tough game for LSU to go into that environment, and they've got nothing to lose. So uh, you would imagine they're going to roll out all the tricks. But they're not. They're just not. a just not good. They're not a good football team this year. They've won yeah. four games. They couldn't even really put away UMass yesterday. And UMass is arguably one of the worst teams in college football this year. Yes. I mean, again, the only reason that you would have pause is, like you said, uh, I think there was already a quote that said they wanted to play spoiler to LSU. So, you know, yeah, that's – Jalen that, Preston or someone, somebody yeah, said somebody. Yeah, so that's that. obviously um, going to be the concern this week, and that will be the talking point this week is that you, you're going to get an A&M teams, like whatever is left of this A&M team, you're going to get their best shot. Like that's, that's the talking point. That's what we're going to be hammering home throughout the week. And that's what we'll be Brian Kelly will be talking about and preaching. You're going to get their best shot. They haven't had the season they wanted. They want to play spoiler to LSU. And we know that the rivalry between LSU and A&M and kind of just the, the hatred between those two schools. Like it's not even like a longstanding rivalry, but it's, it is like a newfound kind of hatred to a degree. Go ahead. Did we, did we give a hat tip to Malik Neighbors, who with Boutte out I, I of the said game? The beginning. Did you or, say not okay. the beginning? I said in like the middle. I, I said he had seven okay. catches for yeah. 130. So that's. I mean, that was a. He had 100 some at halftime. I mean, yeah. in the first half, it was very evident that they were not going to slow him down. Yeah. No, he's, he's he's a beast, man. He's so good. I'm I'm just I'm glad he's lived up to everything we thought he'd be coming into the year. Because coming into the year it was like, all right, you got Kayshawn, you know, top whatever receiver. And then you got Malik here as a sophomore who has shown out in fall or shown out into the spring camp, fall, fall camp, all the entire offseason. It's been Malik, Malik, Malik. He's completely lived up to it. He's been awesome, man. Shout out Malik neighbors. Um, yeah. Last thing I'll say. Um, another reason you have any pause for this A&M game is because there are three SEC games on the road to this point. And really there are only three true road games at this point. have been Auburn, which was ugly. Florida, which was ugly, but they pulled away, um, and Arkansas, which was very ugly. So it's like, you know, at some point you would hope they put it together for a road game where they are the better team. And Florida State was yeah, Florida State neutral, was but neutral-ish. 
also the first game of the year. Yeah, um, uh, that is that is something I've thought about a, a decent amount of time. We, I'm kind of rambling at this point, but that's something I've thought about is they have I had the benefit of, you know, only playing – this will be only their fourth true road game of the year. They've had a pretty favorable um, schedule in that regard, at least. And that's what happens when you have, you know, UAB – Southern and New Mexico has three home games on the road, and then you have Florida State as a neutral. So those are your non-conference games. So, um, you know, you have Tennessee at home, Ole Miss at home, Alabama at home, and um, Mississippi State at home. So, yeah, you you want to see them put it together for a road game and really close out the season on a high note there. I like it. Um, I guess the final housekeeping note, Garrett Dellinger, a starting offensive lineman, did come back. Yes, for the first time in a month almost, really, if we're talking like actual time. Because he was out since before Bama, because we like that. And maybe Bama and Ole Miss. Yeah, it's been probably a month since he's played. But uh, he got some – he plays left guard. He rotated in with Miles Frazier. He's been the left guard in his absence and uh, got some run and looked Bradford. Bradford stepped in for him at right guard. And then he came in at left guard, I think, last night. To my memory, but yeah, yeah. The, the point is the point stands. The point he's stands. back. Yeah, he's back. It looks like they're working him back into things. So you've got your your six man on the offensive line, whether that's Bradford or Frazier or Dellinger, whoever you have to have it be. That person is now available. So that's good news. They're get they're they are still health largely healthy at this point in the season, which is a good thing. Awesome, which is awesome. Um, also, take some confidence out of Kentucky hanging in there with Georgia, sixteen to six yesterday. A lot of weird results around the country. Um, you God, know, so, South Carolina putting sixty something on Tennessee <laughs> beat them was the weirdest. Yeah, that was. Um, and really, I don't know if there was. I I didn't. I haven't checked Twitter. If there's been anything on Hendon Hooker, obviously the injury just looked really, really bad on his part. Um, so I hope it's not yeah. as bad as it looked. But it looks pretty bad, so we'll see. Um, but yeah, I think that's that's it. We'll see again. Win and give your win next week, and then go into the SEC championship game. You know, obviously, probably needing TCU or USC to lose, but it doesn't look like it doesn't look like uh, the loser of the Big Ten championship is going to get a lot of uh, a lot of respect because they're con- Michigan, especially, is continuing to struggle. So. You know, beat A and M, and then you got the Georgia game, and who knows? Anything can happen, right? Anything can happen in yeah, Atlanta, no doubt. So, no doubt about it. We'll be there to see it. We will. We will. Um, all right, that's all we got. We've stretched this thing out to thirty minutes. Shay, good job. Good Love job. It. But I wasn't sure we could do it. I was kind of done at twelve minutes. If I'm being honest with you, I was like, all right, yes, it's all right. We had to keep you in the game. Keep it going. Keep it going. Um, but yeah, that's all we got for y'all uh, today. We hope y'all enjoyed. The podcast uh, again. Subscribe to the to the um, to the site more than anything. Subscribe to the site, man. It is continuing to grow. We've hit a milestone and it's continuing to go up. So subscribe to um, the site, the Bengal Tiger on three uh, message boards. Pop in all of the recruiting content. I promise you, over the next month, we're a month away from signing day, early signing day, and I it doesn't get any better from a recruiting uh, standpoint. So. Yeah, check all that out. Get your free hat as well from subscribing for $1 for an entire year. And then, uh, yeah, subscribe to the YouTube channel while you're here if you're not already. Um, Send it to a friend. Leave a like, comment, 
And uh, if you're listening on the audio side, leave us a five-star rating and review as well. So, yeah, that's all we got for y'all today. We hope you enjoyed it, and we'll talk to y'all later. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.